0: Hello, Life Church Livonia, and welcome to Tell Me More. On this podcast, uh, we take a deeper dive into the texts, often from the weekend, and/or topics that we think are crucial to discipleship. Because in our lives, it's not been the event or the destination that has been the life shaper, but all the conversations surrounding it along the way. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the sermon or the conference or the event. It was all the conversation with friends and family surrounding those things that made them really sink into our hearts and create change. And so we're hoping to provide some of those same conversations here As we journey together to follow Jesus, so I'm joined by Kate today. What up? What up? What up? What up?
1: What up, everybody?
0: (laughs) And we're going to be looking at uh, Mark chapter 16, which is the last chapter in our series on the Book of Mark. Babo, Babo, Babo. such a
1: great job this weekend! Shout out to Babo.
0: Babo, hoi. (laughs) Um, in two weeks we're going to be starting our new series on the Sermon on the Mount called "A New Way to Be Human." And uh, I'm really looking forward to that. I think there's going to be some real good stuff to dive into uh, with the Sermon on the Mount on this podcast in particular. Mm -hmm. But today, we're finishing one thing, not starting another. So we're going to be finishing up Mark 6. That's
1: That's where we stay.
0: (laughs) Now, Kate, neither you nor I preached this.
1: Nope, sure didn't. Not an expert over here.
0: (laughs) So what we're going to do is what we normally do when one of us didn't preach it. We're going to observe the text uh, for ourselves and um, ask questions and make observations and do a little bit of a Bible study on this text. And I think Bob's uh, observations are always so um, unique and fresh to me. I really love his perspective on things. So hopefully uh, we're just as cool today, but probably not.
1: Probably not. I'm I'm not showing up with cool, but I'm showing up. Here I am. <laughs>
0: and we're happy for that
1: yes maybe
0: (laughs) Oh, most likely happy for that it's hard to say at this point
1: feel certain it's one way or the other though
0: do you i'm happy that you're certain about something
1: i'm certain about that yeah that's good all right mark 16
0: (laughs) mark 16 all right so it begins uh with verse one go figure when the sabbath was over mary magdalene mary the mother of james and salome brought spices so they might go to anoint jesus's body very early on the first day of the week just after sunrise they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb but when they looked up they saw that the stone which was very large had been rolled away As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe on the right side, and they were alarmed. Ah! Don't be (laughs) alarmed. Very good. That was a great alarm. (laughs) Thank you. Don't be alarmed, he said. (laughs) You're looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. They were there for that. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him, but go tell his disciples and Peter. He is going ahead of you into Galilee there you will see him just as he told you trembling and bewildered the women went out and fled from the tomb they said nothing to anyone because they were afraid very good (laughs) all right Kate give me some observations what we got going on here oops sorry
1: um well in the beginning it says that when the sabbath was over so um that just stands out to me that they were um that they took Sabbath seriously, even in the mm. middle of something as important and transformative as Jesus's crucifixion. So I observe that, the, that they waited until the Sabbath was over. Um, I like, I, I just made an ob- observation that they went together.
2: Mm. Um, oh, that there that's were, interesting. There were You're people...
1: Right. Um, because they could have mary could have gone or mary could have gone or salome could have gone uh, but they waited and until the end of sabbath and then they went together um and uh, bob already preached about this and we talked about it in our take two tuesdays that they didn't really have a complete plan when they got there and i just really <laughs> uh noticed that right um yeah, so those are some of my initial observations of the text. Um, I think that I always look for feelings in scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, so alarmed, I think alarmed is fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, rec- just recognizing, observing feelings, not necessarily trying to understand what's behind them or what's going on, but uh, they had fear and um it led to physical um, manifestation of that because they were trembling and bewildered. Mm. So that was like a physical manifestation of their fear. Um, And I think noticing that about ourselves too is interesting, you know, so just observing those things in the text and um, how about you, what were some of the things that you observe?
0: Um, It's interesting. It says Mary, the mother of James. Because uh, there is a James, the disciple, but there's also James, Jesus's brother. Yeah. And I wonder about who this Mary is. Because Which one? Yeah, because Jesus, we know Mary, you know, to, what they're doing when they bring spices. You bring spices to the body so it doesn't stink.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And after three days, <clears throat> that body about those things.
0: Hence why they're bringing spices. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. And, um. Mary, the mother of James, one of the interesting things to me is when Jesus is on the cross, he says to John, who's the only disciple there to witness the crucifixion, he looks at his mother, Jesus's mother, and Jesus looks at John and says, um, woman, now this man is your son. This is now your mother. And he kind of gives his mother away so she isn't um, wanting, because she's a widow, remember? Yeah. Joseph's yeah.
2: dead. Yep.
0: So um, he passes Mary um, to John to be taken care of and asks John to uh, take care of her needs. And so I'm wondering if that's why I would say Mary, the mother of James, um, is that there's this kind of Jesus has kind of given his mother away, separated himself from Mm -hmm. her in some sense. So I think it might be Jesus's mother. I'm just curious about that. And I'm also curious about who's Salome.
1: Yeah, I've not ever heard of her. I was gonna ask that question today because I was like,
0: Yeah, I've not heard
1: of Salome. Yeah, I mean,
0: I mean, but she got the spices, yes, she she spicy salome. Yep, (laughs) you know, (laughs) good old spicy salome. (laughs) Yeah,
1: sounds like a new uh salami. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, she's she's the Italian disciple.
1: Ah, yes, yes, that fits
0: very, yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Um, so I just wonder, Mary Magdalene. Totally get why she came. Yep, that makes sense. She's Mary the mother, it. yeah, Mary the mother of James. I, mean, I don't know
2: which one. And who, who that? yeah,
0: <laughs> who you, Mary <laughs> and Salome? Similarly, like, how do you know Jesus? Why is that important to you? Are you yeah. just a friend of the other Marys? Mm-hmm. But you gotta believe the other Marys. I mean, because Mary Magdalene was a prostitute, you gotta believe they're probably friends because of Jesus, not like from any other experience. Together.
1: Sure, totally.
0: So that was something I noticed uh, very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, meaning they got up before sunrise Mm -hmm. um, to prepare to come and uh, anoint Jesus' body. Yep. They're on the way to the tomb. They ask each other, who's going to roll away the stone? I love that observation. They mm-hmm. don't really have a plan. <laughs> Although
1: Ooh,
0: uh. we know that guards were guarding the tomb. So yeah. maybe they were going to ask the They
1: had some tentative plans. They were loosely built. But yeah. nobody was like, this is, the, this is the plan. Who's going to execute the plan? It was like, well, I don't know. We'll see when we get there.
0: Yeah. Yep. But I also think that, that there's a beautiful metaphor in that that um, they are going to be with Jesus um, how would you say post humorous is that the right word like after death is that no oh, don't ask me okay I know humorous What's is also post-humor? a bone so I don't know I don't if that's think the that's right, right. Phrase. post Someone will know. Comment yeah. in the comments. Let us know. Shoot us an yes. email.
1: Let us know. Yeah.
0: Posthumous? Uh, I can't remember. No, anyway, it's not
1: post. I'll look it up. I'll use that. Keep going. Thanks.
0: Good talk. Uh, so anyway, they're coming to be with Jesus even after his death. And um, one of the things I think is beautiful about that is- You're right. The-
1: Posthumously. Hum- hum- you know, that's right. You got Does it. have an L in it? <laughs> yeah, humusly okay yeah uh, whatever I I threw an R in there
0: yeah anyway um so they they come to be with Jesus and uh God figures out the every other piece of the puzzle Mm
1: -hmm. and I just
0: think that that's such a great metaphor for life um that when I come to be with Jesus uh he kind of figures out the rest of it and I think that that's what happens here and I like that a lot um Looked up, saw a man, was very large, had been rolled away, entered a tomb, young man, dressed in white robes, sitting on the right side. They were alarmed. Don't be Mm -hmm. alarmed. One of the things I think it's interesting um, is how often both God and angels, basically every heavenly being says, Mm -hmm. don't be afraid.
1: Right, so often. Almost every time an angel appears, that's like their first sentence is, don't be scared, which mm-hmm. tells me they're not like these white, flowery angels with the wings and the pretty, they're like terrifying beings,
0: yeah, right, <laughs> right. right, right. And that yeah. I, I think there's something too, you know, that I this is I don't know if this is true, but this is kind of the only framework I have to like understand it. You know, when um, somebody says something that's just so clear and true. That you just kind of have nothing else to say after that because it's just like so it's the truth so well spoken.
2: Mm, yeah.
0: Um, and there is this power that truth and life and light have that just make you in awe of it. Like the power of life is in a baby, you know, where you just are amazed at it, mm-hmm. even though it's not doing anything
1: yeah yep
0: and i think that um
1: babies is a great example because they're just like so cute usually you yeah know, or like beautiful or awe-inspiring that you just like look at them you just right. look at them
0: and they're awe-inspiring whether or not you think they're cute it's just like it's, amazing that they exist
1: it's like the grand canyon you just yeah. like stare yeah and you try to take 100 pictures to capture it and you just can't
0: yeah yeah and so i think that there's something about Beings from heaven because God is life and He is light and He is truth.
2: Mm-hmm. And when
0: you are like, you know, Moses is, was in God's presence for just a little bit, and like people couldn't even look at him, yeah, because it was just so intense. radiant and glowing. right. Mm-hmm. And I, He's literally radiating truth and life, <laughs> and yeah, you know, yeah. and light. And so that's kind of what I always think. And there's something terrifying too. And I, it happens to me periodically where like, I'll be listening to a sermon or in a conversation with deep with somebody or reading something on theology and somebody will just say something that's so true. It's mm-hmm. almost scary. Even if it's not um, bad, right? It's just like, it, it just makes me like, Whoa.
1: Can you think of an example of when that happened?
0: mm you know I can't but there's this, there are times when people will just um preach the gospel with such great there's not anything special they say and I think right. that's what I'm getting at is like yeah. it's not even the words they're saying but there's just like a power in it in the moment that is just sure. like kind of hits you in the chest.
2: Yep. So anyway, that I think sense. that there's
0: something about these heavenly beings where that potency of light and life and truth is just so intense mm-hmm. that it's it's terrifying,
2: yeah,
0: you know it's terrifying, and I think yeah. it, there's some of that that's like um there there's there's the it's 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 so powerful that it it's neither good nor bad to a degree, you know what I mean, like a hurricane is not inherently good or bad, it's just so insanely strong, um that whatever it touches is changed by it,
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you know
1: yeah, yeah, and We're I think that there's a degree to that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and do you think that that was the alarm that this yeah. guy was uh, representing in this? Scenario? Right. I
0: think it's why they always have to say, don't be afraid, because yeah. the power of them, like um, I remember I went horseback riding in the Dominican Republic mm-hmm. and the power and size of the horse was so scary uh, because it was just un. I knew I had no power over it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: If it was going to listen to me, it would be out of um, clear commands it had been trained to obey. But yeah. really, it's out of its own not goodwill, but like <laughs> training. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But I have no real influence here.
1: Right. Right.
0: <laughs> and there's I nothing- feel that
1: way with toddlers sometimes. You know, mm. like mm, you are just going to do whatever you dag on well want. Yeah. So, good luck to me. So anyway, yeah. So I think that there's a
0: degree of that here. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why they always have to preface like, hey, don't be afraid. Because mm-hmm. it's the C.S. Lewis, like, he's not safe, but he's good.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think that yeah. there's, a, there's a, a fear at the lack of control you realize you have over this yeah. situation and this person. Um, but the other thing that always strikes me is he says, go tell his disciples and Peter.
1: I know. I just think that's so interesting. Like he's separate. He's different. He's not. Cause he cycle. left. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. The denial. He's like, I don't know Jesus. I don't follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. I don't know Jesus. I'm not one yep. of them. And you know, God gave Peter, uh, the and Judas kind of the grace to leave,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but where Judas is so ashamed of himself. He's not willing to receive forgiveness. Um, Peter is willing to receive forgiveness.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: And, you know, I think that's one of Peter's Peter is, I wouldn't say he likes being humiliated, but he certainly is willing to press in even when he is humiliated. Yep.
1: Yeah. We do see that in his behavior and all throughout the text.
0: So, and I think that that's part of what I've seen keeps people from Jesus is They don't want to be humiliated by their own choices. Mm -hmm. And that's a great example of the truth being scary.
1: Yeah.
0: That it's just like so clear that my choices have been wrong. Mm -hmm. And I'm terrified because of how true that is.
1: Yep. That's That's a good example
0: yeah that's there we go so bewildered. go ahead yeah go, go ahead.
1: ahead I was just gonna say um <laughs> where the women because we read this verse they said nothing to anyone because they were afraid even though right above this in verse 7 um it said it, he tells her he tells the women like go and tell people go and tell them. and but they're like nope
0: yeah what isn't I, it funny how often we, that? we want to do the opposite of what God says
1: yeah what, funny huh? Yeah, you know I mean, seriously, Always. like,
0: like all every time Jesus tells people after he heals them, like, don't tell anybody.
1: Don't tell anybody about. First this.
0: thing they do is go tell everybody. Blabbering and now this guy's here, and he's it. like, "Go tell everybody." And they're, and they're like, "No,
1: to do that. we're not going to say anything to anybody because we're scared, <laughs> and who knows what kind of persecution they would encounter?" It's so culturally relevant to how they're treated and considered. So they're like, "No, nope, we can't do that." Yep. It's crazy. Yeah,
0: I mean, they do end up telling them yes. somebody, though. Yeah,
1: they do. But I just think that's an interesting observation. So they're like, mm-hmm. mm, crying up.
0: And then I love Bob's whole thing on the earliest manuscripts. Other ancient witnesses don't have these verses. Uh, I think that's so great, that the way he talked about that. Yep. And so if you uh, want to know more about that, go listen to Bob's sermon. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yep. Good talk, Kate. <laughs> the end uh, when Jesus rose early on the first day of the week he appeared first to Mary Magdalene out of whom he had driven seven demons she went and told those who had been with him and who were mourning and weeping when they heard that Jesus was alive and she had seen him they did not believe it any thoughts there Kate
1: well I mean right above this it's like no we're not going to tell anybody and yep. then down here we see Jesus tells Mary to go. And so then she did and they didn't believe her. <laughs> yep. It's like, so why did I bother doing it anyway? Mm. You know, is what I would personally think like, okay, well, what good was that Jesus?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> smart mm-hmm. mouth.
1: Let me smart mouth off to you, Jesus. Cause that's <laughs> fitting for me. <laughs> um, but I do think that, um, she went and told those who'd been with him and who were mourning and weeping. So I think that it's possible that they just thought that she was offering platitudes, right? Like yeah. he's not—he's not dead; he's alive—and they didn't see right. it themselves. And so they—they could have experienced that as like dismissive to their grief. And if we think culturally, what did the Jewish people do? Um, they sat shiva, which is sitting. In grief for I think was it seven is it seven days um, I can't I don't remember
0: the number of days it a, it's but it's, like it's a, a week. minute. yeah, yeah. there's yeah. different stages to it
1: okay um, I'm gonna look that up I'd like to know more about that yeah 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 um,
0: take, look at look it up and I'll take over it <laughs> but I think that's I think that's a great yeah observation right because they sat on the floor with no chairs mm-hmm. uh, and then after a certain amount of time. They moved to chairs but it 's a it 's like a three stage process if I remember. I have a book here on it
1: hmm.
0: called Mudhouse Sabbath I would love great. to read that it 's not all about that, but basically, this woman grew up um, as a conservative Jew and then converted to Christianity mm-hmm. and um, then wrote a book as from a Christian perspective on Jewish spiritual disciplines. And how for because uh, there were parts of those Jewish spiritual disciplines she really longed for and missed and felt like provided such stability for the spiritual life, even though there were times she didn't like them as a kid, you know? Yeah. Um, and so it's Christian reflection on Jewish spiritual disciplines and it's really good.
1: Yeah, I'd love to read that.
0: Mudhouse Sabbath.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. So anyway, she talked about uh, that in there and. Yeah. Um, are you looking it up or yeah?
1: I did. Know? I looked okay, yeah, cool. I looked it up. I can't tell. I'm looking at your face. Did you do it? Are you doing it? it no. Um, so it says there's traditional customs related to observing Shiva or sitting Shiva in the home. So there's a washing of hands, um, which symbolizes separating ourselves from the spiritual impurity of death. The meal of condolence is a traditional meal following the burial. Um, this meal usually includes. Hard boiled eggs, which serve to symbolize the cyclical nature of life. The meal is to be arranged by friends or family. Prayer services. Um, It's typical to hold services at the mourner's home. Uh, A minion, a minion, a quorum of 10 should be present at each service so the mourners can say kedish. Covering mirrors, mirrors often are covered in a Shiva house. Covering mirrors represents the mourner's focus on spiritual rather than physical reflection. Shiva candle, a candle that is lit upon return from the cemetery and burns for the entire length of the traditional seven day Shiva. So that's like a topical overview of.
0: Yeah, there you go. So they're probably going through that right now. One Mm -hmm. of the things that strikes me too about Mary Magdalene, it says out of whom he had driven seven demons, and um, seven generally represents completeness, it's often God's number. Uh, and so the idea that she had seven demons means like she was completely demonized, mm hmm, right? interesting, like, totally, um, li- living a demonic life essentially, and so this uh, mary magdalene you know as many of you i'm sure who are listening she lived a life that was totally defined uh, by a demonic way to live a way that is characterized by sin that brings death and when jesus freed her from those demons her life turned all the way around
2: yeah
0: you know that's and, beautiful um the the freedom she found and i i don't necessarily see that it could have been an exorcism in the sense that we might think of like on tv but mm-hmm. it also could be that there were many things we know she's a prostitute right so there is um i had i had a teacher in college who actually was an exorcist um describe uh demonization and possession to us in the class as we were talking about passages like this and um he said demons are like flies they don't make garbage they're just attracted to it oh and i think that uh that's true and that's what i've seen is that it's not like she has problems because she has demons it's the demons are there to feed on and uh make the problems worse
1: well, and doesn't that go with the verse about um, ridding ourselves of the demons or the evil spirits? But if we don't clean the room, right, they right. come back double fold right. or whatever. I, I mean, they're not the source of the problem. Right
0: they're they're just there to uh, enhance the problem
1: and I think that's so true with our sin nature and you know with my own I would say it's like quitting alcohol or drugs if I don't deal with the reason why I used those coping mechanisms those unhealthy um, uh, behaviors then I'm just going to fill that space with something different whether it's relationships or uh, compulsion to work obsessively you know so it can right. be just insert new dysfunctional behavior here. And I think those are demons. I think that's yeah. a um, spiritual 100%. war.
0: It's, it's always both, right? It's always mm-hmm. both. But any, any, um, and I feel like I can feel it. I feel like when I have the fleeting thoughts or impulses or urges that I just know are not my own.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
0: almost like somebody, it's almost like, uh, you know, it's that addiction feeling where
2: yeah, there's compulsion. a craving. There's
0: a craving yeah. to do it that goes way beyond your own need, or yeah, uh, even like a cognitive desire too.
2: Yep. Right? Yeah, right. So anyway, scary. Jesus,
0: Jesus frees her. Yeah, I mean, yeah. to some degree, yeah, I, I think it should be scary because mm-hmm. sin, sin you know, <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> it's not debilitating fear, but when we meet our fear with faith yeah. and wisdom, then it doesn't rain, it doesn't take over. We mm-hmm. can do the work to purify that room, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, for uh, Jesus to replace that with yeah. um, healthy behaviors. And- right.
0: So Jesus told, you know, if we were to put this in like kind of modern day terms, Mary, you know, so she um, is a sex worker. That could be for a lot of reasons we don't know. It could mm-hmm. be an addiction to sex that comes with the, the security of making money. So mm-hmm. it could, you know, could be an addiction of some kind. It could also be um, simply her own view of herself being embodied, right? Yep. It, it could be a lot being of self-worth.
2: things. Yep, totally.
0: We don't know her whole story, but we know that she met Jesus. And when she met Jesus, her whole life changed. And the idea of the seven demons is that it changed completely. Yep. Nothing is the same.
1: Yeah. I love that representation, that numerical mm-hmm. uh, understanding. It's cool.
0: Yeah. So she went and then told those who had been with them and who were mourning and weeping. And when they heard that Jesus was alive and she had seen him, they did not believe it. This is also, I think, a beautiful representation of what it means to follow Jesus. I feel like so much of following Jesus is doing something that <laughs> doesn't work on your own. And that like God in his own time makes those things work. Like, you know, yeah. whether it's preaching the gospel or whether it's like the prophets in the old Testament proclaiming a truth that there is always human pushback to what God is doing. And that's not, the result is not our part. It's the obedience. And then God handles the result in his own time. Do you want to take up verse 12 and read there, Kate?
1: Afterward, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. These returned and reported it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven, and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it.
0: Yep, that's awesome.
1: Yep. (laughs) (laughs) What do you observe? What do you think?
0: Well, I think it's interesting. I think it is probably likely this wasn't originally part of the book of Mark, because these um, pieces here are all referencing um, the endings of other gospels. Right? So I think it's in Matthew when Jesus appears to Mary. um, And then this is the road to Emmaus. I can't remember which gospel that's in, but, and then this is when Jesus appears in there in the locked room and Thomas isn't with them. Um, or may, maybe this is when Thomas is with them because Judas is dead, hence the 11. Um, but I think that, you know, the church, because this is another gospel the question isn't um, did Mark himself write all this? The question is, is this account true? Because it's not like we're here to worship Mark, Right. Mark is a gospel oh. because we believe that his account is true and that it's historically accurate to what happened. So did he
1: observe these things and see that they were in other texts and just um, write an account that. Probably, lined up with probably
0: it? not. No. Cause his was first, his right. was the very first gospel. Yep. Um, so it's likely that people who um, had the gospel of Mark, cause all these things still happened while Mark was alive. It's right. not like they happen later. So it's it's totally possible he went back and added to his own letter.
2: Mm-hmm. Totally
0: possible. Ah, um possible. it's also possible that other people who the letter was circulating to added to it because they knew these things were true. Uh-huh. Um, because they were living them, right? Mm-hmm. Or it's possible that um because Mark ends so abruptly, uh, the church decided, you know, even like at the end of Paul's life or something to um, complete the gospel with what happened after Mark finished writing it because Mark finished Mm. writing it first. um, You know, it's, it's hard to say even with like the Ascension and all that stuff, how much he even knew he knew Jesus had been risen. Right. But like, what else does he know? And um, so anyway, it's, it's hard to say, Yeah, um, but we
1: don't really know. Right. Like,
0: yeah, but it like Bob said it doesn't really matter because yeah. these even confirmed by other biblical texts we know these events happened. Yep. Um and so it does provide a an ending to the book of Mormon. Mm-hmm. But I love that um <laughs> that Jesus uh I mean Bob when he was talking about um the ascension and talking about Jesus's resurrection said, you know, scripture itself uh, in some ways is completed, but in other ways is still being written because we're the living letters of what happens next,
1: which is just a beautiful um, picture to consider yeah. of us as God's church. you yeah. know I really love that,
0: yeah, me too yep. me it's too beautifully
1: done beautifully done, Babo
0: Babo hmm. that's that's a Nick anglerism
1: yeah
0: um last thing I'll say and and then I'll. I'll turn it over to you for your closing thoughts. Kate is um, he says, they'll speak in new tongues. They'll pick up snakes with their hands. They'll drink deadly poison. It won't hurt them at all. Place their hands on sick people. Um, These are just the things that were like happening, right? So Peter, James, John, Paul, Barnabas, these, all the apostles were driving out demons. Uh, At Pentecost, all the apostles were speaking in different tongues. Uh, Paul picks up a snake in his travels, gets bit, and it doesn't hurt him. And it looks like it was probably a poisonous snake. Uh, They place their hands on sick people and they get, well, these are just the things that are happening. But one of the things I see kind of implied in the text is that um, these people, the signs that accompany those who believe is that they are overflowing with the life and light of heaven right? That, that if they are a cup, they are overflowing with it. Hence mm-hmm. why the demons leave. Hence why language isn't a barrier. Hence why um, things that would normally kill them um, can't. Hence yeah. why um, sick people get well. That, Like we've talked about in other parts of the book of Mark, these are not uh, magic tricks. These are characteristics of the kingdom of heaven. Hmm. that uh, where there is dis-ease, that is made right. Where there is disordered, there is order. Where there is death, there is life. Where there is hell, heaven takes over. Um, And that nothing is a barrier to God's kingdom, not even a different language. So I think that these are just characters, characteristics of the kingdom of heaven, not like a checklist of magic tricks. And that, Jesus says we'll do even greater things than these, and I think that uh, God is an infinitely creative in how he empowers us by his presence to um, embody the kingdom of heaven on earth.
1: Those are great observations, Alex. Thanks for breaking down um, the signs part of it. I think that is a really important thing for us to talk about. I think it's easy to get caught up in some of the details and, like, ah, oh, but are those things happening? And, you know, all the questions. And I have lots of conversations with people about that. And, um, So my final thoughts are just Jesus's last words of go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Mm -hmm. And that's in Matthew as well. Right. And it's like, Mm -hmm. um, I just think that it's so easy to get caught up in um, what it should look like and how we should be living and Mm. and all Mm. of the whole entire Bible. And it's very Mm. complex and complicated. And the simplification of what were Jesus's last words and what Mm. did he ask us to do? And how can we fully embody that today and bring the kingdom from heaven down to earth and really embody that and it's just sharing the gospel with people offering them uh, the truth about who Jesus is and then trusting the Lord to do the rest um, that there is a consequence for not believing in Jesus and that's um, scary and intimidating and uh, but also the freedom that comes with surrender is um, transformative and I Think that living into that uh, the simplicity of the gospel—it's—it's it's complicated. Um, in um, it's not a complicated thing to do. It, it can be a complicated thing to understand when we have so much of the world all around us. It's—it's mm-hmm. um, it's simple. It's not easy, and mm-hmm. I think that is how the gospels all end is just with Jesus's last words. And I just think it's really important and helpful to focus on who is Jesus to me and how can I share about his hope and transformation with the people in my life and not with the the goal of trying to fix them or change them, but just saying, I have experienced a better way and it's through surrender.
0: Yeah. And you know, that's I think what's so important about Jesus's model of discipleship was that these people spent three years with him. Uh, doing life with him, not understanding a lot.
1: So (laughs) So many questions of like, what you mean, Jesus?
0: (laughs) And I mean, like, it's not even till 300 years after that, that the church even decides Jesus is actually God. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's just like so much that Jesus isn't, he's not worried about us, like, understanding everything but he is concerned about us embodying things. And the reason we embody it is the same reason Mary Magdalene embodied it is yeah. my life is totally different because I love yep. Jesus. And, you know, revelation 12, 11 says we've overcome the devil by the blood of Jesus and the word of our testimony. And the degree to which God has changed us, I believe is the degree to which we believe and can embody the gospel. Yeah. And the deeper good. God changes us, the more we taste the life and light of Jesus, and the more we can preach the gospel because we are living it, you know. And I think that's a that's a big mistake a lot of American Christians make is our whole education system is let me help you understand this for a couple years, uh, and then you can start doing it something about it. And <laughs> <laughs> The education system of Jesus is just do stuff with me for a couple Mm -hmm. years and then things will start to make sense.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I love it. I love it.
0: All right. Mark chapter 16. Um, Yeah. If anything stood out to you guys, or there are things that you wanted us to talk about, send us a message on Facebook. You can uh, email us at the contact page on our website at lifechurchlavonia.org. Um, you can drop a comment here on YouTube.
1: Yep. We love Uh, hearing from you.
0: We do, we do. So thank you for joining us as we, uh, talk about Mark 16. Join us next week as we talk about, uh, how to actually embody the gospel and not just, um, learn about it or understand it. And then the week after we start off with a new way to be human. Boom. Boom. Deuces in the spirit. (laughs) Shalomie homies.